They can be seated. Okay. So I want to tell you, if you don't know Ronald, he has grown up at Calvary here. I am so proud of this young man. He, I don't think he, we would have thought he'd ever be a pastor, but here he is. That's the same thing they said about me. <laughs> He'll never be a pastor. So Ronald has, has just grown up here. We love this guy. He, he loves to study the Bible. He's gone through a couple uh, degrees at, Cal at Bible colleges. So I love you, Ronald. Give us the word. Okay. Give it up for him. Uh, well, welcome, everybody. My, my name is Ronald, and uh, I'm going to bring the word um, this morning. And I, I just wanted to do a couple uh, quick announcements and kind of shout outs. Um, so, so the first thing is we have some prayer cards. And, you, you know, the one thing Jesus or, or the disciples... Uh, Okay, restart. The one thing <laughs> um, the disciples asked Jesus to do was to, uh, teach us to pray. So we would love to pray for you. Anything going on, you can go ahead and drop these in the bowls, and the bowls represents um, the prayer bowls that are in heaven. And then we would also love if... Um, God has answered a prayer. We would love to hear about it because it's super encouraging for us who are praying to hear about how God is answering our prayers. So I, I would like you to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And as you do that, you can go ahead and stand as we read the word of God. But as you flip to Luke 24. I want to go ahead and read um, Psalm 42 before we um, get there. So Psalm 42 verse 1 says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And then in Luke 24, we'll start reading at verse 13. So Luke 24, verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while well, they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And when he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another, one another as you walk and are sad. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happen there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest 
and our rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, as we, talking, as we are going to be talking about pursuing you for a whole lifetime, God, I, I just pray that you would help our desires to be turned towards you. I pray if our desires are on the things of this world that we would be able to focus all of our heart, all of our attention towards you, God. So go before us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to start out with a question this morning. Why pursue God? Have you ever thought about that? Why pursue God? It's an incredible question to ponder. You know, ultimately, no matter who you are, your life will be in pursuit of something. You're going to pursue something with your life. And because you only got one life, you need to think very carefully about what that thing is you're going to pursue. Now, being in this room, being at church, I know that none of you would pursue something less, correct? None of you have ever pursued anything with your life less than the best. Can I get an amen to that? You guys are like a little nervous there. So do we not think that God is the one thing in the universe that is worth giving our lives to and pursuing now, it's a tragedy that many people, even many Christians, choose to pursue lesser things. What are some things that people pursue? Well, one of the new modern things people pursue, how about social media? How many of you guys have phones? Go ahead and raise up your phone. Wow, you guys got those phones up fast. Were they like in your pocket and you had to reach out and no, they were probably on your lap and you're like, or in your hand. See, a thing that people pursue is social media, isn't it? How, man, if I could just have that beautiful account and have some followers, wouldn't that fill a void? You know, you scroll every night hoping that you find an article or hoping that you find a YouTube video that will fulfill something inside. But does it ever fill that void in your heart? Let's say you were going to post something. Let's say a wedding or a, a significant birthday, and you're like, man, if I could just get the photos of me with my friends around... And if I just got 100 likes, that would satisfy. But you know what happens when you post that photo and you actually get 100 likes? Not only that, you get 101 likes. It leaves you more 
empty and not satisfied. And people are chasing after the perfect image of themselves. But what else do people pursue? What other things in life do people pursue with their time? Yes, materialism, but I, I would say for the younger generation, that pursuit may be a little bit less. But what's another thing people pursue? Don't they pursue experience now a lot? Don't get me this huge thing that I'll never use for my birthday, but give me the experience, give me a concert, give me a baseball game, give me something incredible. Let's pursue experience. But what happens when we pursue that experience? So you guys are from Seattle, correct? Or Seattle area. How many of you guys like coffee? Okay, everybody's supposed to raise their hand. Well, I actually don't like coffee, but I like going to coffee shops. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah. Couple people, couple people, amen that. I don't know if that's a bad or good thing. But let's say you're pursuing experiences. And let's say you're trying to find the perfect coffee house. You know, the one in the desirable part of town. The perfect place where you can get that perfect cup of coffee or for me and the people that don't like coffee in here, you, do you know the struggle we have? We have to find that small part of the menu that says other drinks. Can anybody relate to that? And you're like, oh man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm freaking out and okay, I'll just get a hot chocolate because I know that's probably safe. So we go and we find the perfect place, the perfect drink, and we get settled in with some friends, and we're gonna have a good time, and because it's Seattle, the rain lightly falls outside the window, and we look out, and it's a beautiful scenery. And you know, in between the conversations and the sips of drinks, if you pursue experiences, it's going to be very empty. If that's what you make your life about. But you know, probably one of the most saddest things of all is that somebody could walk even into a church. Beautiful architecture, people smiling all around. Let's call this your community. You know, the worship is happening. And the pastor gives a solid message and you sit there, taking it all in, and at 10.30 on the dot, you walk out of the building and go on with your day like nothing happened. And even in that, why can that feel so hollow? And after examining this question for a very long time, it seems that a lot of modern people want everything the church has to offer. The children's ministry, the rock and worship, the great youth program, the slick messages, all of that stuff. But you want to know what can be missing in that, even that pursuit, Christ. 
Christ can be missing in that pursuit. See, a Christless faith in the life of a Christian is the hollowest of all. We need Christ in our pursuit. We can get all the external things correct, all the marks of Christianity, but Christ needs to be the source from which all blessings flow. Why is there so much prayerlessness in the church? Because maybe it's because we believe the lie that we can have everything without the source of it all, Christ. Now, is this because some of the people in the church have not received him? And the answer is perhaps. It is quite possible that people have joined an organization and not been born again into the family. But I would suggest something different has happened. The fire has simply gone out. Now, it's no secret that men and women in church history have experienced this. A genuine walk with the Lord, but the burden of religion has crushed their sincere faith in Christ. Take John Wesley, for example. After a failed missionary endeavor to the States, he said, who will save me? But you wanna know something incredible? Thankfully, our Lord is gracious with our failures. See, he took John Wesley's failures and he strangely warmed them back into a flame. And the Lord can do that. You know, with John Wesley, he went to America to be a missionary to the Indians, but he failed at it really big time. And then as he went back to Europe, he was walking down the street. And you know what happened? He was walking past a little church. And as he was walking past this little church, the pastor was simply giving a commentary from Martin Luther on the book of Romans. And it said it strangely warmed his heart. See, in the New Testament, we find in chapter 24 of Luke, two disciples who are discouraged. And they had been following Jesus, but got the news of his death. And I want to talk to you today about pursuing God in the, most, in the midst of the most severe doubts. Doubts can come from a variety of places. Death people letting you down, questions in society, suicide. One place where doubts can come from a believer, though, is our lack of ability to literally see God. Hasn't that been a challenge? It's like if we're supposed to pursue God, but we can't see him, that, that's a little bit challenging. But thankfully, there's a verse that addresses that. And in John 20, 29, it says, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So he's addressing 
that most people will not see Jesus but believe. So that should be encouraging if that is one of our challenges of not being able to literally see the Lord. Now, why is there a character like Thomas in the Bible? Because God cares that there are some doubts we can have from time to time, so he wanted to put somebody who is super relatable. Now, I want to talk about the Emmaus Road with the rest of our time. Emmaus was seven miles away from Jerusalem. These disciples chose to go on, on their way, away from Jerusalem, which is where the Holy Spirit was going to come. This is interesting because instead of them realizing all the prophecies that were pointing to Christ in the Old Testament, all the time Christ spent with them, he showed them that he had to suffer, but they just didn't get it. They didn't understand Isaiah 53, where it says the Christ is going to suffer, and it gives some details about that, but would ultimately reign victorious. They took a journey, and they had their doubts about who the Messiah was. They're like, hey, we thought he was going to deliver Israel. They were going away from the promises of God. And how often do we find ourselves believing these incredible promises of the Bible, but because of doubts and unbelief, we disobey Christ and we start going away from Jerusalem and we start on a different path. The beautiful thing about this passage is even though they had doubts and unbelief, Jesus still pursued them. And aren't you not glad for all the times in your doubts, Jesus has still pursued you. See, as they were walking, Jesus comes and walks beside them. Now, Jesus is doing this as an example of how he leaves the 99 to find the one. Jesus could have easily been like, you know what, I did this incredible work. These disciples are not bought in. Yeah, forget them. <laughs> but he goes after these two disciples. We can be grateful that our God pursues us even when we have doubts. I, I want to encourage those who are strong in their faith. Can, can I see by a show of hands who is strong in their relationship with the Lord? I, I want to encourage you. Can you follow in the footsteps of Jesus today and ask the Lord if there's anybody in your life who is straying who maybe he is wanting to use your life to go after? Not on your own strength, but by faith that God, through the Holy Spirit, can use your life to help bring somebody back into the family of God? Is there somebody on your heart who the Lord is just placing there and saying, hey, reach out to this person. Go grab coffee, go grab lunch and see how they're doing. Can we take Jesus' example and follow him? Now, I, I love this story because Jesus 
is going to restore these disciples. He shares from the Old Testament. He restores them by going back to Scripture. Now, we can't miss this. In our day and age, a lot of churches are getting away from Scripture, getting away from the Old Testament. We cannot get away from the Old Testament. It is super important because the cross without the Old Testament is like a tree without its roots. And what happens when you take away the roots? Eventually, you can start taking away the tree and the tree is going to die. And if we take away the Old Testament, then we can begin to explain away the cross and we cannot do that. If we are going to pursue Christ, we can't throw away the Old Testament. We must Stay faithful to scripture. Where was I going with that? <laughs> See, as Jesus talks to them about the Old Testament, look at what happens in their heart. See, they're beginning to have doubts. They're beginning to walk to Emmaus. But as he begins to share scripture with them, it says, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us, we can never underestimate the power of scripture and the effect it can have on reviving someone's faith in our passage, as we find the disciples journeying, we find the disciples as they're interacting with Jesus, inviting him in. And as they do that, he is um, revealed to them as Jesus, and they are restored to communion with himself. I went way too fast through my notes. <laughs> um, I want to ask you today, are you pursuing God fully? Is Psalm 42 the burden of your heart? In the midst of doubts and trials, are you going to lean into God or walk away from him? Are you going to let the things of this world draw you away? Or is it Christ? Not the building of the church, but being a part of the body of Christ and learning from him and growing from him in your daily walk. As you go through trials, are you knowing that the Lord is walking alongside of you? Are you leaning into God? Are you pursuing him? Does your soul pant for the water brooks? As Psalm says, Seek him, lean into the scriptures and pray. He will be with you wherever you go. I, I, I wanna take some time and share the gospel this morning because 
we can't get away from the simple message of the cross. So God created us to be with him. And this is the incredible good news. Do you know that you were created with a purpose to be in relationship with Jesus? What an incredible thing. But there's a big problem. Our sins separate us from God. You know, every time you lie, every time you cheat, every time you steal, that is separating you from the love of God. But he created us to be in relationship with him. And the thing is, sins cannot be removed by your good deeds. You can't earn your way into heaven. You, you, you can try, but the wages of sin is death. So we have a big issue. But thankfully, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. And this is where our hope is. It's not in a person like who's living today. It's not in a pastor. It's not in this building. It's not in a ministry. But it's in Jesus Christ is where our hope is. He died and rose again to forgive you. Take away all your guilt, take away all your shame, take all your sins, put it, it on him, and he lived a perfect life. He lived about 33 and a half years. Didn't do anything wrong. Now, I can't go five minutes without <laughs> messing up. I mess up all the time. But he lived a perfect life and died on the cross for you and for me. And everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Now, this is really important. Him alone. Are you trusting in anything else for your salvation but him? Are you trusting in your wealth? Are you trusting in, man, if I just get 51% good life, God will accept me. No, it doesn't work. You either live a perfect life before God and obey all of his commandments or the wages of sin is death. So are you trusting in him alone this morning for your salvation? And you know, want to know the incredible thing is if you put your faith and trust in Jesus today, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. It doesn't start when you die. Don't miss this. Oh, I walked down at 14 years old at a Billy Graham crusade. Now I'm good. I can live however I want. No. The process of sanctification, the Lord is going to take you through. And life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. So I did end a little bit early, but I, I want to invite the worship team to come out. And I, I want um, to give an opportunity if anybody hasn't received Christ. So can we go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes? And can I ask the believers in the room today to just be praying for those who don't know Jesus? So if you're here today and you have never 
accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what, what I, what I want to do is I want to lead you in a simple prayer. And it's just, Lord, I'm sorry. I've committed sin against you. I want to get right with you this morning. And um, like, I, I just want to follow you. I want to pursue you with the rest of my life. So what, what I would like to do is, if you have never received Jesus this morning and you would like to make him Lord of your life, I'm going to invite you just to raise your hand and ra raise it high just because I, I, I can't really see with the stage lights. And I just want to lead you in prayer this morning. Okay, Father, we just come before you and thank you for this day. And Lord, I just ask for those of us who are just, um, just mature in our faith that we would really say, who's straying? Who was here last week? Who is not here this week? Who we can call and check in on them? Um, Lord, and I pray for those who ha don't know you yet that um, they would just realize that the decision is urgent. They don't know how long they have and they don't know if today could be their last day, God. So the time is now to invite them into your heart, God. And I just pray that as we worship this morning that we would worship loud for how great and how beautiful and how awesome you are. So go before us in Jesus' name, amen.